Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1987's Prick Up Your Ears, directed by Stephen Frears, starring Gary Oldman, Alfred Molina, and Vanessa Redgrave. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I watched Chud. Yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I own that. Oh, you do? I have cool. a VHS. That's awesome, dude. And uh, the tape came unglued from the, the reel on one of them. Wow. I couldn't watch it, so I was going to return it to the guy I bought it from on eBay, and he just refunded it to me, and then we used some scotch tape to put it back on the spool, and it, it works perfectly now. And it plays now? Yeah, I got Chud for free. Oh, that's <laughs> great, dude. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm uh, glad you watched Chud. Yeah, because Chud is a good movie, and, um, you, you know, it, it's it's so, it's so cool because it's... it's, it's um. It's it's not as scary as I remembered it being, but like you know, because I'm just an adult now, right? But but it's still like a compelling story, and and like it, it kind of comes apart there at the end, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's still a fun ride. So yeah, Chud, Chud's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched The Red Turtle. Mm. Is the animated film up for Best Picture last year? Yes. It's a Studio Ghibli film, but it's the first time they used outside animators mm. so it's a french guy michael didacta wit okay and he did all the animation and supervised it and directed it and man what a film this okay. is awesome yeah there's no dialogue in it cool. it's kind of like a fairy tale almost this guy gets stranded on an island there's a red turtle mm-hmm. um i, I don't want to spoil anything okay. but man it's good and you get you get feels from it. No, oh, I bet in all yeah. the ways. So yeah. the red turtle is awesome, man. Sweet. Everyone, should, we watched it with the kids. They loved it. Oh, the kids can sit through it too. Yeah, the kids can watch it okay. too. Um, it's not going to be like Little Mermaid, you know. Oh, it's not yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. This is something adults can really sink their teeth into. Of course, also right. So yeah, the fans out there should let us know what they've been watching. You can go to Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, find dudes on movies, and let us know what you have been watching. Mm-hmm. Now, Dave, let's talk about. Prick up your ears. Okay. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay. Well, um, so this is the is a, a biographical film about um, the playwright Joe Orton. Um, he was a uh, like a sort of a daring, um, audacious uh, new playwright in London in the '60s, and his his plays were smutty and they they took shots at institutions like you know religion and the royals and and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And he had a longtime companion named Kenneth Hallowell, um, who lived with him for for many years. And uh, they were just, you know, kind of sitting there in a in an apartment together, you know, like sort of swallowing in dysfunction, mm-hmm. you know, throughout throughout his whole career. Even though like Joe wasn't affected by it, but Kenneth definitely was, and that's what the film is about. Yep, is their life together. And it's a autobiographical film, I guess. Not autobiographical. It's, biographical. it's a biographical film. Yes. You have uh, Joe Orton. Mm-hmm. I almost said Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> Is played by Gary Oldman, (laughs) and Alfred Molina is Kenneth. Yes. I really thought they did a great job in this film. I Um, did, too. Wow, they were really good. I know. Both performances from them were excellent. I know. Um, So, you suggested this movie, Dave. Mm -hmm. Are you, like, a Joe Orton fan? Uh, What Um, made you pick this movie? Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, I have never seen any of his plays. All right. Um, But I just was interested in him because of Gary Oldman. Yeah. Um, when I when I when Gary Oldman kind of became my favorite actor, I went back and like watched all the films that came from before I discovered him. Right. And this one really stood out to me because it was like, how is this one not talked about? I I, I don't get it. Yeah. He he is so good in this movie. Everyone kind of remembers him as a young man from Sid and Nancy. Yeah. But I think that this one is 
like superior. I think it's the superior film, and I think it's the superior performance. Okay. Um, because everything about like this, he brings this guy to life. And when you read the book "Prick Up Your Ears" by John Lahr, um, like you're, I, I saw the movie first, so maybe my my, my opinion was colored by it. Mm-hmm. But like the the guy who's on that page is the guy you see in this movie. Okay. Just this rakish, rebellious spirit who you'd want to be friends with, but you also would want to kill. All the time. Yeah, you kind of don't like this guy too right, much. Right, Because of the way he's treating Kenneth, yes. really. He doesn't seem like a good person. He's aloof, really. yeah. and, and, and he just, I mean, he's sort of unfeeling toward Kenneth, and Kenneth is obviously mentally ill, and mm-hmm. he's just not taking care of what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Joe isn't. Yeah. No, he's emotionally abusive. He has, like, an mm-hmm. emotional stranglehold on Kenneth. He does. Um, Especially once, like, in the middle of the movie, they end up going to prison for, like, six months. Yeah. Once that happens, it kind of the dynamic shifts between the two of them, right? Because when they meet each other, Kenneth is kind of the mentor, yeah. You know, teaching Joe about you know literature, writing, performance stuff right. like that. And then um, because Joe is not all there, I guess he's mm-hmm. he has these depraved ideas, and <laughs> they're defacing library books for some reason. He, <laughs> I guess he's thinking it's like art, yeah. You know, it's, so, it's like a, it's like a performance art piece. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of cool. It is. But, uh, it's very. He's cool. like retyping the jacket. Yes, like that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> but um, after that, they come out of prison, and Joe, I guess, got all his inspiration in there. Like, separated from Kenneth for a bit, he's on his own. Right. They say, and that's where his genius comes out when he writes his plays. That's right. And from that point on, Kenneth is kind of you know on the floor, and, and Joe's got his heel on him. You yeah. Know? Uh, total control of him, right? Taking all the credit for himself. I know. Yeah, and 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 when you when you say like like taking the credit for himself, I mean like like Kenneth is is sympathetic for that reason. Yeah, um, because you know like he 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 always is talking about like he's always up in Joe's face saying I made you, and like he he pushes it a little too hard. Yeah, you know like he yeah. he's, he's trying to take too much credit in in some in some ways. I agree. Yeah. Um, but whenever you are Whenever you have taken the time to kind of mold someone and mentor them, and then they surpass you, yeah, I mean, like, like, I, I, I don't, I can't imagine like what that must be like. It would probably torture you to death. I mean, when you're treated this way, that's it would exactly. If your student, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. became greater than you were, yes, like you would hope that they would pay respect to you, absolutely. Say, I wouldn't be anywhere without this guy, mm-hmm. you know, right? But no, Gary Oldman's not like that nope. at all in the film. I know <laughs> yeah. he ignores him, and he even tells Kenneth that he he's dedicating his first novel or play, his first play, his first play to Kenneth, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, are you going to use my last name?" <laughs> right. And it's real. It's a really good line because. Earlier in the movie, they they met up and had a three way with a dude named Kenneth. Yeah. Also, so yeah. it's like if he just says to Kenneth, like, okay, so who's he real? You know, is he just putting it there to, know. to make him shut up? And uh. and and he's not in the movie, but in the book, there's another guy named Kenneth. Is there who was okay. like a collaborator of Joe? Oh man! So just to put for <laughs> Kenneth on there means nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just a it's a offhand gesture, and um. And uh, and Alfred Molina's not appeased by it. No. Like he's like, he at first he's like, okay, that's kind of good, but right. is that me? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what what is this actually telling anyone? Nothing. Yeah. Um. And like 
you you like we said before, you can kind of understand why um why why where Kenneth is coming from in, in all this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also, you know, even though Joe has pissed you off and 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 Joe is is maybe not as likable, you can kind of understand also why he might need to leave Kenneth. Yeah. Um, because like this relationship has just been, I mean, it's it's been their whole adult life. You know, yeah. they, they they met at Rada, and you know Joe was just a kid. And Kenneth was a little bit older than him, mm-hmm. and they've just been in this one room, this like one bedroom apartment, you know, for the last you know ten years yeah. or so. They, they were getting along, um, and they they had a relation. They, they were definitely an item. They 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 were yeah. you know companions. But Joe had many other lovers. I mean, like he just was you know they, he was out cruising a lot, right, all the time. Yeah. Um, and Kenneth was daily, pro- daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was that was his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, this was during the time they were defacing library books. Yeah. Um, and they were living on, I guess, the dole. Uh, yeah. You know, they were getting welfare, um, j- just checking out library books and, and living together. And, mm-hmm. and in that in that time, he was cultivating like like Joe was getting his own education from Kenneth about like the world of literature. Mm-hmm. And you know, for 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 Joe's career to like take off the way it did, for it to then go into like the the for him to become Tennessee Williams eventually, mm-hmm. he probably couldn't do that with Kenneth by his side. Um, no, it just it, it it would never happen. Cause sadly, Kenneth is almost kind of holding him back in a way. Yes, you know, he's not trying to. Right, he doesn't want to hold him back. He just wants to be there with him. Yeah, he wa- he know? wants to he wants to like you know bask in all of that because because he mm-hmm. he himself he he fancies himself as an artist. Yeah, and he understands what art is. Um, but he it, it's sort of like Salieri and Amadeus. It's like like okay, so. The God's revenge on you mm-hmm. is is that like you recognize Mozart's talent and you can see oh my God this guy is everything I want to be but I'm not him right that's even what he says at the very end of the film yeah um, I guess we should say the move I mean it's a, a real life event that happened it right. was a murder suicide yes and the movie kind of opens with that and ends with that yep Kenneth ends up murdering Joe mm-hmm. and kills himself yes but at the end of the movie right before he murders him Joe is in his bed. And uh, he suggests, well, what if we weren't together? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Right. Because being together, it's become toxic to yes, both of them. Totally. So uh, he suggests that, and then he goes to bed. And then it, there's a great, it's one of the best parts of the movie, mm-hmm. is Alfred Molina's just speaking to the camera. I guess he's looking in the mirror yes. at himself, but he's speaking directly to the camera, breaking the fourth wall, basically. Right. Saying, you know, I should have been great. Mm-hmm. I have all I have the I have the perfect <clears throat> blueprint to make a great artist. Right. You know, I've been to jail. I my parents died young, blah, yep. blah, blah, yep. blah, blah. Uh-huh. But I'm not. And that's everything you are, Joe. And he like snaps at that point. It is a <laughs> wonderful scene and a great delivery, great performance, I man. I know. It it gives you goosebumps. Cause I mean, like like when you think about like what it's like in a movie to have a soliloquy, mm-hmm. like like in movies you can't really do that because you have to be acting against something. Mm-hmm. And Alfred Molina pulls it off. Yeah. He's just talking to no one and right before he actually does the deed, after he says what you said, mm-hmm. he looks at Joe and says, You do everything better than me. Yeah. You even sleep better than me. Yeah. And then it, it he's he finally snaps. Yeah. He grabs a hammer and mm-hmm. bashes his head in. That's and right. The scene is extremely violent I and know. bloody, which I thought was appropriate because you finally see this burst of what's been inside Kenneth the whole time yes. finally come out. Right. And it would be violent. Of course. And it would be extreme. 
and the way the scene happens is it all happens real fast. Like he's doing this slow paced soliloquy, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he kind of turns and talks, he, like yells at Joe. Right. He snaps and it's just like, bam, you're dead. Oh, yeah. Like it doesn't build it up. It's just like all of a sudden mm-hmm. whack with a hammer. Right. A bu- like 10 times. Right. Man, it, it's really good. It is. It's really, really good. Really effective. Yeah. Um, and throughout all this, of course, you know, like we're living with Joe and Kenneth and we're, we're seeing their relationship dynamic. And then when Joe becomes famous, he is surrounded by like all these other people who are interested in his talent. Yeah. Um, Peggy Ramsey is is, is the, the, the one who is his his agent who is most interested. Yeah. Vanessa, Vanessa Redgrave. Redgrave. Right. And she and the other people who know him are encouraging Joe to leave Kenneth. Yeah. They're very aware of, I guess, the, this this dysfunction that is, yeah. uh, exists between them, and they're they're interested in Joe, like because they like him, but they also they want to benefit from his talent. He's a talent man. Yeah, he's gonna go big. Mm-hmm. He already did. He already has. Yeah, right. He's taken London by storm, but now they want to go to New York and they want to, you know, all this stuff, yeah. and they want to have it be worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way to do that is to make sure that Joe is not encumbered by this, you know, like definite albatross around him at all times. Yeah. And there's a moment, too, when Joe's play, Loot, is, is like given this Drama Desk Award. Um, there's an award ceremony, and his, the invitation says Joe Orton and guest. Yeah. Kenneth really wants to go. And Kenneth probably deserves to go mm-hmm. because, you know, he's helped Joe throughout all this. He's been, like, e- even though they've, been, they, they, they've had, like, you know, problems with each other, I mean, he's been loyal to him this whole time. He's been mm-hmm. living with him, and... There's no reason why Joe shouldn't take Kenneth to these awards. They're essentially husbands. They you are. Know? They are. And so you would think I know. you would bring them. Yeah. Right. It would be the logical choice. And, uh, you know, the relationship aside, Kenneth is like, well, I helped you with this. Yes. You know? At least he's like, well, no, you didn't. He's like, well, I gave you the title. <laughs> and he says, well, and if they gave awards for title, you can come to that. Yeah. What a... What a cutting line I know. To, to say to someone you love. Exactly. If he loves them. I think he loves them, but he can't express it properly. True. And he might not even be sure if he does. Right. But I feel like there is some love there. I um, I, I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. It's it's buried down somewhere deep. Of course. Other, why would he stay with them for so long? I mean, I guess maybe he wants the control he has over someone like this. It's possible, maybe, but yeah. But I feel like there is some love there. And people stay in marriages for, for many years out of obligation and, yeah. you know, like they, 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 they just can't bring themselves to, to make that move. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the whole thing of like, you don't want to hurt someone, like not wanting to hurt someone is sort of hurtful sometimes. Yeah. Because you're just pretending and the other person is expecting love and you're not giving it to them. Right. But you don't have the nerve to actually go through with the deed. Right. You know? And Joe is someone who's not afraid to hurt someone. True. So I don't think that would be what's going on here with mm-hmm. them. Right. Definitely. Right. He might just like the control he has over this man. That's possible. Um, I guess he the, this whole time he has needed Kenneth, but now he is at a point where he no longer needs them. Right. So I don't know why he's staying with them be, unless he does have some kind of love for him. Yeah. Or he's just like he's just so like um the, the the whatever life they they've they've made in this little you know like box in London is is just what yeah. he's accustomed to and he just can't get you know not be used to it. That's true. And he's yeah. also maybe afraid he he can sense that Kenneth is unstable and and what will happen if I leave this man? Um, will he kill himself? Will he kill me? Is he yeah. gonna kill other people? You know right. who knows? Yeah. 
And he also like like they get into it more um, in the book, but in the movie they touch on a little bit. Like he he res- really really respects Kenneth too, mm-hmm. um, like his talent and his like he's when whenever uh, Joe is is uh, at the rehearsal for one of his plays, like Kenneth is there. Yeah, um, yeah. And Kenneth is like shouting at the director, you know, like yeah. like saying you know blah, you know like telling him what to do and everything. And Joe isn't stopping him from doing it. Right. Uh, the director wants him gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the director has got no time for Kenneth. Yep. Um, but but like Joe is just like totally okay with this guy being there because he's been he he knows like what Kenneth's knowledge is and what his contributions could be if he was actually permitted to do something. Right. Yeah. And I, Joe even says something to the director about it, like, "No, he needs to be here." Yeah. Or some right. something along those right. lines. Right. And I think this is right before the scene where he tells him he's dedicating it That's, to Kenneth. It's the actually one. too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's a good moment. Yep. Because it, it kind of shows he does care for Kenneth a little bit. A little bit, yeah. There was only one scene where I could really feel that he actually cared about Kenneth. Okay. It was the scene when, right after he gets uh, the wig for Kenneth, um, <laughs> you know, he kind of... Because Kenneth is balding prematurely. Yes. Um, so, at I guess the behest of Joe, he, he gets a wig. Yeah. So they go out cruising, and Joe... <laughs> pays a guy to like pick up kenneth yeah to make him feel good about himself i guess right he's like oh the wig's working yeah you know it's, yeah. it's kind of funny but um it's kind of sad too <laughs> and they go cruising and um the cops show up at, in in the tea room they're in right and then they all run out away and uh have a good laugh afterward like wow that was close what a time what a good time that was you know <laughs> right. and they're out in front of the premiere of joe's play yes and there's t- the two are standing there. It's a two shot. In the background, you see the, you know, the, the marquee. big marquee right. of Joe's success. Yes. You know, and they're standing there. And Gary Oldman is great here because he looks like he's so happy to be with Kenneth here. True. Um, and it's the only time I felt like he cared about Kenneth. And he even gives him a kiss right there, right, right in front of. I mean, there might not be a bunch of people there, but right. they're out in public. It's out in public. You know, yeah. You could go to jail for this. Yeah. At the time. So he he just is caught up in the moment and just like I love you man and kisses him right. and like this is great let's go and they go into the play right it was the only time I felt that Joe cared about Ken yeah yeah that that makes sense because in, like you said it's out in public it's a public declaration of of this man is with me yeah and he's going to share in my success yeah but even when he's doing that thing um, after they come back from the wig shop and they go to the to the to the public <laughs> toilet and he's paying that dude like like the, <laughs> Kenneth and Joe split up and they're, they're like standing on opposite sides of this like you know public yeah. restroom there and um, a guy walks up to Joe and and like kind of propositions him yeah and Joe says well not tonight and then he goes well hey come here and he says you see the fellow in the wig yeah <laughs> he's wanting it. I mean, like he has to, like he he. Even though he's doing something nice for Kenneth, he can't help but just like get it in there. I yeah, mean, like you know, just a little jab. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not just give this dude the twenty bucks and and tell him to go have have it off with Ken? I think he loves the fact that he's the more desirable one of the two. Right. I think he just gets off on it. He relishes he it. He loves yes. it. Right. Yeah. I mean, because when you're when you're a mismatched couple like that in mm-hmm. many ways, I mean, like like someone clearly has the advantage, both both that they have the money and that they have the looks. I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess it, the wrong kind of person would just revel in that. That could be why he stays with them for that's, so that's long, too. Also, yeah. Yeah. That, he, I, that might be the main reason. Look how good I am compared to this, you know. Right. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. Yeah, the ugliest person in the room, you know, <laughs> in a room full of ugly people. I don't, you know, <laughs> right. take what you get, I guess. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. <sighs> um, and I love that prison was just like a spa for Joe. Oh yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. um, they even th- throughout the movie like the the narration is a conversation between uh, Wallace Shawn and Peggy Peggy Ramsey. Yeah, Vanessa Redgrave. Redgrave. Yeah, uh, Wallace Shawn is playing John Lar, the guy who wrote the book. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, and it you really get a sense this is before you know this is before either of them were famous before uh Joe Orton became famous so they they're showing him um in prison like lifting weights yeah. and he's just like out in the sun like exercising shirtless shirtless you know. like really you know enjoying himself mm-hmm. he's got like all the sex he wants of course yep and he's getting free therapy because i guess in britain like you you go to a prison psychiatrist maybe you do in the states too i don't yeah. know but he's Taking advantage of the situation, both for like free room and board, um, all the dudes he wants to, you know, like yeah. pleasure him, and then instead of like taking advantage of the therapy, he decides to to shit all over it with like fake stories of his life. Yeah, and he's kind of hurting Kenneth through it. Yes, he is intentionally. In- I think. Yeah, he's he's. And, he, and I mean, like, I, I don't know if it's malicious or if he's just like this is just his his the blackest sense of humor you can have. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, because he, he tells the therapist that like, you know, Kenneth is going to tell you about like how he's an orphan and everything. Mm -hmm. Don't believe it. Yep. Um, you know, like it's actually me. He's telling my story and he says that he, he tells the therapist that he has a wife and child. Yeah. Um, and that Kenneth thinks that they're lovers and you know, don't believe him. Right. And then they flash to Kenneth having a conversation with the same therapist and the therapist of course buys Joe's story because you know, of course he's going to, he's going to believe the straight man. Um, and Kenneth has the best reaction to it. Uh, he, and you, you'd think that a guy like Kenneth would explode and mm-hmm. be outraged at like finding out, at figuring out that Joe has been lying about things. Mm-hmm. But instead, when when he says, uh, when the therapist says he has a wife and child, he's not like that, is he? You seem surprised, <laughs> are you? And Kenneth just goes, just sighs and goes, "Not really." Yeah, because that's how Joe treats him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's not surprised. No, bit. no. He's not surprised about the the kids and the wife. <laughs> He's not surprised because Joe's making up lies to hurt him. <laughs> it's, it's so and like and, and uh, yeah, exactly. He's making up lies to hurt him, and also like he, he might be just thinking to himself, kind of like maybe smirking inside, going, "Wow, I, what have I built here?" <laughs> right. Like, the, 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 this guy is out of control. You know, <laughs> it's Frankenstein's monster. It is man. exactly. He's on the loose, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to a scene at the beginning that really highlights. Kenneth's resentment. Mm-hmm. It's at Kenneth's art show. He's making like collages out yeah. of uh, magazines or books. He's clipping yeah. up and putting together. Right. It's really bad stuff. <laughs> I think it's it's not that good. It's trash. Yeah. yeah. And they're gonna go to the art show. This is towards the beginning of the movie, but it's like towards the end of the timeline. Yeah. Like the movie kind of jumps around a little bit. It does. So they're at the art show and or they're getting ready to go there, and then right when they're about to go. Joe says, can we go by the theater real quick? And mm-hmm. he's like, God damn it. I knew you were going to say that. Right. This is supposed to be my night. Yeah. All right, let's go. And they <laughs> go by the theater, I guess. <laughs> you know, Ken just rolls over uh-huh. and is like, okay, let's go by. Right. And they do. And it they don't do a lot there. They just go by. And then they go to the art show. And everyone in there is not interested in this art. No. And they just see Joe Orton hanging around. They're like, oh, my God, that's Joe Orton. Right. And uh, Kenneth is his personal assistant, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Yes. So 
people don't know Kenneth at all. So they're talking to Kenneth like, God, this art is trash. But is that Joe Orton? Oh, wow. I know. And Kenneth is just like, yep, this is happening to me tonight. Yep. Yep. This This is is my night. And it's turned into Joe's night again. Um, And you see all over Alfred Molina's face that he's had enough of this shit. Another evening of devastation and humiliation. Yep. You know, this is my life. Yep. Um, and he has that great rant to that lady um, uh-huh. who sees Joe Orton and says, oh, my God, that's Joe Orton. I <laughs> love loot. Yeah. And and he says he tells him <laughs> he, he tells the lady, you know, look, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I know him. I'm his personal assistant. And uh, she goes, oh, well, that must be very gratifying. <laughs> and he snaps on this lady. And I wish I could remember. I'm not Alfred Molina, so I can't do it yeah. dramatically. But he really tells her off and, and like, makes a big scene. Yeah, everyone at the party stops. Exactly. <laughs> he says something to the effect of, like, you know, uh, like, everything you... Imagine if everything you've ever said or thought ends up in a play that, mm-hmm. that everyone... You know, which is... I mean, we talked about it before, how, like, if you're friends with an artist, especially a writer, watch what you say around him, because it's going to end up it's, in their work. Yep, it's going to be in there, dude. Right. <laughs> um, and then he says something well, like, you know, if you're talking about the occasional bouts of mutual masturbation, no, it is not at all gratifying. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the other thing. Like, even though they're they're together... Joe is not interested in Ken sexually anymore. Yeah, not really. Right. They, they go years without... Yes. Like, there's even... At one point, he's like, I can't remember the last time you touched my penis. Yes, yes. And then he's like, actually, I can. It was about two years ago. And <laughs> Alfred Molina goes on these dialogue spews. I know. Like, that are Shakespearean of in course, nature. Of course, dude. They're so good. I know. He's so good And it's just this. supposed to be his off-the-cuff reaction yes. to what Joe's done. Yes. It's such good writing and such good delivery. Uh-huh. Alfred Molina is kills this movie, dude. He, dude. He's 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 so I mean like like he's so charismatic and and like he's playing almost a thankless role of mm-hmm. of, of like the the put upon husband who is you know like kind of pathetic, but you are so with him because mm-hmm. he's so good, mm-hmm. and you can totally understand where he's coming from a lot of times. I mean, other times he's 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 behaving obnoxiously like he is at that art opening. Yeah. Um, when they go to Morocco and he throws the typewriter over the side. Yeah. Um, like you can tell, like you can you can understand why Joe's sick of it, mm-hmm. but but throughout it all, I mean, he, he hasn't been treated right. No, not at all. And and you know and Joe just does, like Joe's bringing him everywhere. But but like when when you when you stay with someone and you don't love them, I mean like like that is torture. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. When he throws that typewriter off the roof, um, <laughs> he's he's yelling like, "All right, when we get back, we're done. Yeah. We're through." And Joe's reaction is basically, "Okay, yeah, yep. I've heard that one before. Of course, yeah, yeah." He, he's, let he's, me go have sex with another boy here. I know. You know? <laughs> right. Because they're just there on, like, you know, a pleasure. It's a sex vacation. Yeah, it's a yeah. sexcation, man. I mean, like, they, 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 go to, they decide to go to Morocco for a holiday, and, and, like, when they're walking to their hotel, there's just this army of rent boys there. Right. I mean, which I, I mean, good Lord, you know, yep. they're just out there waiting for him. Yeah, and <laughs> what a great line in the movie that I thought was awesome is when they're on the vacation, they're mm-hmm. having a good time most of the time. Yeah. And, you know, Joe's making sure that Kenneth is being serviced properly, yes, too, you yes. know, taking care of him. Uh-huh. And he even says, having it sucked regularly <laughs> regularly is turning you back into a human being. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, it's a gross line. <laughs> it is. But it's man, disgusting. It's, but 
It's so good. <laughs> the delivery's great, and uh-huh. the reactions to it, they start laughing and having, they're having a blast. Yeah, because like throughout it all, like even though they, they are they're at each other's throats most of the time, there's also these great moments like that one and some other stuff where Joe and Kenneth are appreciating each other's wit. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, of course, Kenneth is in a good mood because he just had sex with a good-looking young guy. Yeah, um, and he's smoking <laughs> a joint. He's got he's he's set up pretty well. He's in Morocco, and when and when Joe says that to him, like Kenneth is just like. I mean, he, he's he's amused by the joke, but he's also kind of like, yeah, this is all right, uh-huh, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and and that's when it, we should get into it too. Like like when Joe becomes famous, he he beca- starts catching the eye of a lot of people, you know, in the art world, right? Um, and of course, during the '60s, uh, who's biggest in the art world than the Beatles? Yeah. Um, and he is supposed to write a Beatles movie. That's something. Yeah. 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 Um, I love that. Uh huh. And there's a scene when Paul McCartney's going to come to their small little apartment to yep. talk about the movie. Right. And I, the whole, I was kind of thinking like, oh, I hope Paul McCartney shows up in this movie. That would be awesome. <laughs> right. He doesn't. Yeah. But um, they use some movie magic to make it not happen. Yeah. They just you have know? a fancy car. Yeah. Like, oh, he's Paul in McCartney. the car. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, on the credits, fancy car as Paul and McCartney. And Bentley as, as Paul McCartney. Sir Park. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, Alfred Molina's like, oh, he's coming, he's coming. Like, just introduce introduce me, and then you can go and like, blah yeah. blah blah. And like, okay, and then they, he's all excited, like he's gonna be part of this. Yeah. Uh, but the driver comes to the door and is like, uh, he's waiting in the car for Mister Orton. Right. So Alfred Molina comes up and he's like, he's in the car. Yeah. And he's saddened. It's so sad. He's like, man, I thought I could get some crumbs here, but right. I can't. <laughs> right. Um, and Joe was just kind of like, well, whatever. And Joe's and, not making any effort to help him no. out. I mean, he, he could have opened the door and said, oh, Sir Paul, or, or just Paul at the time. Yeah. Uh, like, this is my friend Kenneth. And, hey, see you, Kenneth. And then Kenneth still, the car's about to pull away. He runs out in the rain and hands the script yes. that Joe forgot to grab. Right. He brings it out to him and gives it to him. Right. Just like, don't forget this. Right. You need this. He still does that. Even after he's feeling like he's treated like shit and worthless. He's still there for Joe. Absolutely. And it's the second opportunity for Joe to like, you know... Like uh, say, oh, hey, this is my assistant. This is is my great friend. Yeah. This is is the the, the, the man who's been with me forever. And, you know, we're... we're, we're, uh, I mean, this guy is really special to me. Okay, Kenneth, see you later. It's just another one of those moments. Yeah. Um, And another Beatles thing I loved is when... Their manager calls Joe on the phone. <laughs> Brian Epstein calls. Yeah, he calls yep. him while they're in Morocco, and he's like, "There's a couple problems with the script." <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "There's a scene when they're all smoking a joint or smoking marijuana," uh-huh. and he's like, "the The boys don't do drugs, oh, boy. and they never will." <laughs> <laughs> These are normal, healthy yeah, boys. Yeah, it is Joe. so funny. And and he's he's and uh, Joe's response is it's just a joint. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then there's another. He's like the other one is there's they're all chasing the same girl and there's a scene when they're in bed together. He, that's when he says these are normal, healthy boys. Yes. <laughs> so he's like all five of them are in the same bed. <laughs> and Joe's just like yeah. So yeah. <laughs> He he says, yeah. Joe Isn't goes, that what famous people do? Exactly. They fuck everybody in sight. They, they fuck even each other. That's right. I thought they just you know had a good time and shagged everything in sight, including each including other. Including each other. Yeah. Oh god. It, it, and he it, like when, when first when Brian Epstein says you know like like well they're all in the same bed and he goes well, he goes well Joe's like oh I take it they all sleep together and, and Brian Epstein goes they do not, and he says 
Well, but they're all very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I love Joe's just... He just doesn't care. No, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't shit. give a fuck about yeah. the script or right. the Beatles. Right. You know? He, he, yeah, he doesn't... I mean, like, he's already got, like, money from loot and entertaining Mr. Sloan, so he's doing fine, but he, he wants to do the Beatles movie, but when Brian Epstein tells him no, his reaction is he hangs up the phone, laughs, has a, shares another laugh with Kenneth, they have a mother joint, and then uh-huh. he's, like, tells the, the prostitute there that's with him, hey, all right, <laughs> let, let's, let's do it again. You right. Know, like, he doesn't care. <laughs> I, I, I mean, to be in that position of just, you know, fuck the world would, would be amazing. Yeah. Like, all right, they hired this guy who's known for writing things of this nature. Yes. To write a script. What were you expecting? What did you expect? Exactly. Exactly, dude. I, you, you have seen his plays. You, you know how, how dark they are. I mean, and I would love to see Joe Orton's Beatles movie. Right? I mean, good Lord, how nuts would it be? Insane. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be an orgy. It would, it would exactly. It would be. <laughs> imagine if Hard Day's Night like devolved into right. a full-on, you know, Caligula-esque orgy. That be that is a Hard Day's Night. Exactly. Right? I, yes, yep. that's right. Dude, <laughs> I, I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and when Joe explains to Kenneth, um. It's it's my it's my favorite Gary Oldman moment in, in a movie full of awesome Gary Oldman moments is when they get back from Morocco, like throughout the whole movie, Gary Oldman's performance as Joe Orton is very mannered. Yeah, um, he he's never like losing control of his emotions. He's always just this. Um, he he's 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 always humorous. He's always you know enjoying himself. Mm-hmm. And he's always uh, like being very mild in his delivery. Yeah, he never gets angry nope. or. Or sad. Right. Yeah. Always, always even at all times. Mm -hmm. And then when they get back from Morocco and he sees that Kenneth is not, has not improved from this long vacation. Yeah. That's when he explodes. I love this scene. Me too. Mm -hmm. Um, He, he immediately, like Kenneth goes to the bathroom and starts like getting out pills and Gary Oldman is like, he's now taking that mantle that Alfred Molina has been carrying of like the wordy speech. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, talking very fast and he's angry and is and he's very angry and he says you know like uh yeah okay come on come on do your act do your act what, mm-hmm. what is it yeah, yeah get the pills out yeah there you go yep. uh you know and then he starts throwing the pills around the room going fetch fetch yeah. yeah uh and then the phone rings and he just goes answer that and he walks away yep i mean he's had it, it, it enough when he says fetch mm-hmm it affected me okay. so much. When he th- throws the pills, uh-huh. Alfred Molina is trying to gather Scrambling. them desperately. Yes. And he's just yelling, fetch, fetch. Uh. He's so degrading. It is, it's, yes. And then the phone rings, and he walks into the other ri- room and says, answer that. Man. Because he's his assistant. Of you course. Know, I'm not answering the phone. Right, right. I'm the great Joe Orton. <laughs> yes, I know. Bow down. Yeah. And then what does Alfred Molina do? He answers the phone. Of course he does. God. And and it turns out to be Joe's sister, Leonie, yeah. who is telling them that, that Joe's mother has died. Mm-hmm. And then when when Joe gets off the phone and, you know, decides I have to go, you know, to back home to, to, to do the funeral, mm-hmm. like Kenneth is very very emotional and mm-hmm. says, Oh, Joe, I'm so, you know, like I my whole life changed when my mother died. I'm right. so sorry. And Joe's response is, I'm not. Yeah. And then he tells him, while I'm gone, you need to see a doctor because you're sick. Yep. He can't even, like, like, like Kenneth is trying to be loving in that moment, and Joe's just not, not taking it, not having it. Right. 
And that that's what happens with these two people every day. Yes. Every week, all the time. Yes. This is how their relationship goes. Mm-hmm. It's the only time you see something like this in the movie. Right. But I'm sure it happens regularly. Right. Uh, he just constantly degrades Kenneth. Mm-hmm. And then Kenneth bows to him. And then tries to love him. And he won't let him love him. Right. It just... It's a cycle that just keeps going, this vicious, toxic cycle. Uh, absolutely. And and you can understand how it ends the way it ends. Mm-hmm. Because when someone's pushed like that and just beaten down, they're yeah. going to snap. Yeah. I, I've seen it end in other ways, in other situations, like from real life, where, where I, I've never been around a relationship that was quite this toxic. Mm-hmm. But but I have seen where um, like like someone did just go through the rest of their lives this way and it didn't end up in a murder but when the when the the long-suffering partner does die then like maybe the last five years of the other of the surviving person's life they get to like you know kind of live the life that they've wanted Mm -hmm. um because they just never had the the uh the energy or the um the 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 drive to actually end what was you know a toxic relationship Mm -hmm. and that and that's just like, like for it to end in a murder suicide is tragic. Yeah, but at least it didn't go on another forty years. Right, that's you know? true. I feel like it would have ended. You think so? Okay. That's that scene before the night of the murder. Before right. it happens, it seems like Joe is going to end it. Like, because yeah. he even says, "What if we weren't together?" Right. I'm sure he said things like that a bunch of times. But I felt like he was finally going to say, "All right, we're done." We'll go our separate ways. Yeah. Because this isn't good. Right. I could be so much more. It's probably a selfish reason. Yeah. You know, I could be more without you. Yes. And he's finally going to do it. Um, I think it could have became better for both of them, but mm-hmm. it didn't. Right. And, you know, it could. I don't know if that's how it played out in real life, you know, because it's a, <laughs> a movie version right, of a right, book right. of someone's life. Of course. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it was pretty close to it because, like, the the... And the movie is actually, rather than being based on the book, it's kind of unique. It's based on Joe's diaries. Okay, so the movie's based... Is the book based on the diaries, too? The the, the, the diaries were used as material for part of the book. But okay. when you read the book... Because I, I read the book after I saw the movie, and mm-hmm. I was all excited to read the book. Like, oh, this is going to be amazing. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to get like really into it. All that stuff I saw in the movie is going to just be extrapolated. Uh-huh. And it's not like that. Um, it's it's not nearly as intimate as the film. Okay. It's kind of just more of an analysis of Joe's plays. Hmm. And it's it was kind of it was really disappointing actually when I read the book. It's a great book, but but it's not what I was expecting. And throughout the movie too, the the diaries are used as a device mm-hmm. where where Joe is always asking Kenneth, "Have you been reading my diary?" And Kenneth says, "No." Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a no answer for the first two times, and then the third time it happens, Joe says, "Well, you probably should. You might like me a little less." Yeah. <laughs> You know, he's trying. He, he's he, he he doesn't have the nerve. He doesn't have the, the the guts to just tell this guy, "Okay, I'm done with you. We're we're splitting up." He, mm-hmm. He's he's giving he's dropping hints like that. Right. You know, like I mean, and do you really believe that Kenneth is going to read all the mean stuff you've written about him and then like immediately leave you? I, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, he wouldn't do that, Joe. No, he's not going to leave. No, I don't think he. He's capable of doing it. No way. I think he's too codependent on him. There's he, that he too. He needs it. Yes. It's a tragedy. It is. It's, <laughs> it's a, a tragic tra- story, tra- dude. Tragedy. Yeah. Um, the, the murder. One thing I loved is mm-hmm. Ke- 
there's the the award that Joe has won. It's a little statuette, you know, <laughs> yes. for his award for his play. Uh huh. And I was I thought that Kenneth was gonna kill him with the award. Of course. But he didn't. He used a hammer. And then after he kills Joe, he's kind of sitting there talking to himself a little after he read the diaries yeah he's mm-hmm. um yeah writing a note or whatever and the statue's sitting there and he's like i should have used this it would have been more theatrical <laughs> i thought it was a, a wonderful touch because yes. i thought he should use it and then he comments on how he should have used it and these are theatrical people of course you know so that would make sense yes and they're writers so uh-huh. he knows how to write something like that. he's like damn i should have used this <laughs> And that and that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. it's sitting in the frame like like over right. Kenneth's shoulder, yeah. and you're thinking, "Oh man, that's the murder weapon." Yeah, that, that totally right. would have been perfect. <laughs> and then he comments and tells you, as the viewer, "That's a little too predictable, isn't it?" Right. It's you know, awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> that's great writing. <laughs> I loved it. I know. One other scene I really loved is when we're introduced to Alfred Molina. Mm-hmm. They're at Rada doing an improv exercise, yeah. and they're tossing a, an invisible cat to each other and yes. doing things and. After it gets tossed around a bit, it comes to Alfred Molina, and it scratches him, <laughs> and he strangles the cat because of this. His performance of killing this invisible cat is amazing. It is. It is incredible. Of course. And even even when he gets the scratch, he's like, ah. Like, <laughs> it looks so real. I like, know. he's so good, yeah. man. I loved this scene, and... Uh, Joe sees Kenneth do this and it was, is like, wow, uh-huh. this guy, I like this guy. He thinks it's hilarious and he, and he really, it really appeals to him. Yeah. Everyone else is kind of like, this guy's fucked up. Exactly. This guy's killing weird. this cat. Right. And it looks real. I know. And he's older than us. What's it, he yeah. even doing here? And Joe's like, damn, this guy's awesome. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you also got like in the, in, in the scene that preceded that, um, Gary Oldman and, and Alfred Molina like giving their auditions to be at RADA, to be yeah. in this theater class. And of course, Alfred Molina walks in and just nails this, you know, Shakespearean soliloquy. Mm-hmm. And while he's doing it, the 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 people who are judging this are saying mean things about him. Right. Like even before he met Joe. Like how old is this guy? Yeah. Like we, we, there's always room for an old man. He's being yeah, shit on, the, on yeah. his whole life. Yep. You know, I mean, like, and he's a he's a yeah, he maybe he isn't as sophisticated and awesome as he thinks he is because mm-hmm. he clearly like thinks a lot of himself. Yeah. Um. But he's but the the difference between someone in real life who is a little too hung up on themselves and Kenneth is that Kenneth is willing to share this. Mm-hmm. Like he he yeah. he's 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 being very encouraging to Joe and probably anybody else who would who would want to meet him. Mm-hmm. If it, if it wasn't Joe, if it was maybe one of the other uh, the, the girls there or whatever, he he I'm sure he would have been just as generous. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but but the world sees the, this this kind of weird big guy uh, with you know thin hair, and they, they just want nothing to yeah. do with it. You know, it's sad. It is because he's unattractive. Right. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> it does. The movie's just it's a sad story, dude. <laughs> it is. Uh, anything else you want to touch on? There is one thing. Okay. Yeah. It's uh it's something that has always made me laugh, even though I've seen the movie a million <laughs> okay. times. Okay. Um. <laughs> What it is is like you know you mentioned how they they they, they went to uh, they went to jail they went to prison for defacing library books is uh-huh. what it was for for many years they were just checking books out of the library uh-huh. and changing the text on the book jackets to things <laughs> right. that amused them yeah uh, they were also putting dirty pictures in there and like just kind of like you know I guess poisoning the youth yep and there's this librarian who gets wise to what they're doing. And because he realizes they're gay, he also really wants to get them. Yeah. Yep. 
But when they finally get pinched for this, they're in court, and the judge tells the bailiff to read uh, the, yes. what, what, what's on the book jacket of um, I love it. the Dorothy L. Sayers book, Clouds of Witness. The bailiff, he has <laughs> he has one, I mean, like one long line in this movie, and it's incredibly memorable because mm-hmm. he clears his throat and starts reading. And I'll read that for you now. Okay. When little Betty McDree says that she's been interfered with, her mother first laughs. It is only something that Kitty has picked up off of the television. But when, on sorting through the laundry, Mrs. McDree discovers that a new pair of Betty's knickers are missing, she thinks again. Her mother takes little Betty to the police station, and to everyone's surprise, the little girl identifies identifies PC Brenda Coolidge as her attacker. A search is made of the women's police barracks. What is found there is a seven-inch phallus and a pair of knickers of the type used by Betty. All looks black for kindly PC Coolidge. This is one of the most enthralling stories ever written by Miss Sayers. Read it behind closed doors and have a good shit while you're reading. <laughs> I love that last sentence. It's and have a good shit while you're reading it. It gets me every time. I've heard, I don't know how many times. It, it, oh, God. Even though that it's talking about knickers and phalluses, <laughs> it still sounds like, okay, this could be what the story's about. Maybe so. Until that last sentence yes. where, and have a good shit. <laughs> no publisher would put that on their Never. jacket sleeve. Never. <laughs> and, if, and if you checked out. Not in the 1960s. Hell no. no, no. And if you checked that book out of the library and, and read the book, like you're standing in the library reading that book jacket, you'd have to know that this is a prank right i mean you you i mean hopefully you wouldn't be that in the dark mm-hmm. but but the the english government thought that yes that 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 is what would happen because you know this is a a, a polite society and and you know mm-hmm. like we, we couldn't possibly you know god what would the world be like if they had let them get away with it like if they had discovered what these guys were doing <laughs> and then said this is amazing right they just let you know? it happen yes yes <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i wonder if there's still books out there with I, all that oh, stuff on there and, and yeah there's oh gotta god be. there's gotta be and i'm sure they're <laughs> fetching huge prices at sotheby's because it was all done on that remington they had in the in the yeah right yeah <laughs> let's find one <laughs> okay dave so would you recommend this movie absolutely okay yeah gary oldman is my favorite actor it's been well documented by anyone who's ever listened to this show it's mm-hmm. been well documented in my friendship with scott mm-hmm. I've, I've endlessly <laughs> rhapsodized about gary oldman and his genius yep um, and as great as he is in this, he, as Scott said, he is matched in every turn by Alfred Molina. Yes. Yes. See this movie. Yeah, I agree. This movie was great. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, it. It runs the gamut on emotional responses. Absolutely. And the performances are worth it alone. Uh-huh. So I would highly recommend this movie. Awesome. That wraps up the show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes. Rate it, review it, most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. If you don't use iTunes, find us anywhere else. You get a podcast and give us some love there. Mm -hmm. Or go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yes, and we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Dudes on Movies. We'll come up. And we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please drop us a line. Uh Uh-huh. And Dave, we got a question of the week. What's the question of the week? Uh, What is your favorite Gary Oldman performance? And if it's prick up your ears, then, you know, that's a million points. Then you win. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last we had a couple um, questions we need to respond to here. So, what is your favorite ensemble movie was from last week? Mm-hmm. We got a response. Love Actually. Yeah. Um, you said that's a good movie. Yeah, right? it is a good yeah, movie. I've never seen it. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Good cast. Yeah. Good oh, ensemble. A, an amazing cast. <laughs> right. 
So uh, thanks for that. And uh, another question we got a ton of responses for was our, is Sylvester Stallone a good actor? Yeah. Um, I got a lot here. I'm just going to read these off. Okay. On Instagram, Andy James Alton said, this is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> yes, because he stepped into the ring with Thunderlips, the ultimate male, and lived to make more Rocky sequels. <laughs> he even drove a tractor trailer and arm wrestled for custody of his son and over the top. When he turned the hat backwards and the Kenny Loggins song came on, I thought, wow, this guy could really handle some shit. Fatherhood should be no problem. <laughs> Parentheses and wow, this is better than Rocky Five. <laughs> in addition to all this, when he walked around bouncing that ball in the first Rocky, I truly believed he'd break your thumbs in a dirty Philly alleyway if you didn't pay his greasy bosses. Actually, I knew he wouldn't, but he'd go the distance in making his victims believe he would, and that's what counts. So that's quite a response. That is strong, so, dude. Wow. Yeah, pretty awesome. Uh-huh. No solid evidence on acting performances but uh sure but he definitely showed his work yeah yeah definitely um and then uh maria on instagram says yes rocky all the rocky movies are our favorite he's great in rocky he is rocky she says okay yes i I would say too yeah and uh another response on instagram yes his two oscar noms prove that he is a phenomenal actor who when he gives 100 percent, can give complex emotional performances okay and i agree with that too yeah facebook we got two Rocky pics posted on the page. <laughs> One was from Caitlin of Rocky after the first movie, after at the end of the movie when he's all beat up in the ring. And then Tony posted Sly and Carl Weathers jumping in the beach water together from Rocky Three. I was especially proud Fantastic. of that. Fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah. I just couldn't stop smiling. <laughs> and finally on Facebook, Ken said, Creed and Lords of Flatbush uh-huh. were good movies. Right. I've never seen that one. Lords of Flatbush, that's a deep cut from the 70s. It, it predates Rocky. Yeah, I think. I um, believe it's him and Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. They're, yeah. they're like greasers, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and and one, one thing I was disappointed in is that nobody said Copland. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, no Copland Exactly. People. A Copland was the correct answer, technically. Duh. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll accept everything that you said. Whatever. That was a long response, so we're going to cut it off there. Right. Um, Remember, what's your favorite Gary Oldman movie? Mm -hmm. Hit us on social media or dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Let's end it, Dave. Okay. Stay tuned next week for 1979's Alien, directed by Ridley Scott and starring Sigourney Weaver. Mm -hmm. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. 